We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. It's going to take some time for us to be able to see the Patriots sideline, Alabama sideline, even the Seahawks sidelines, not see Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban on any of them. Been a wild week when it comes to coaching. Really has, I mean, and who knows? Some of the greatest coaches in history, too. Could still have more change. I mean, who knows what's going to happen if teams lose in the wild card round this week in the NFL? You got a lot of names floating around out there. Yeah, you do. So that's going to put teams in a spot where they're like, hmm, maybe I should make a change. Well, Ryan Fowler, of course, is down in Tuscaloosa, 100.9 FM, the game down there. Been hosting his show since 2007. Well, since 2007, Nick Saban has been the head coach of Alabama, except now that is done. Kalen DeBoer is the new head coach at Alabama. And you've been sitting there, Ryan, and you've been waiting, and we've everybody's been waiting for that plane to land, and we saw the that the Eagle has officially landed and everybody's got pom-poms and they're excited. What is the scene like down there in Tuscaloosa, Ryan, with the new head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide arriving? Well, as you can imagine, a lot of excitement. Uh, I just finished up seven hours worth of radio. I started at 2 p.m. Central time. Uh, I did I do four hours every day of Alabama football coverage every day, okay? Um and it really, I went extended time when Nick Saban made the announcement. Uh, we went about six, six or seven hours that evening. I went four yesterday and seven today. The fans are super happy. Listen, um, they're in shock, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but it's one of those that, you know, you're still trying to absorb that Nick Saban just retired for the University of Alabama. But I think um, – this was a home run hire. Now, we're going to see if it materializes, but there was no 100%, hey, this is going to be a lock, right? This is big shoes to fill when you look at Nick Saban stepping out of you know six national titles and nine SEC titles and all the first-round draft picks. You know, it's, it's tough. Um, it's, um, it, it will be a challenge because – but I think what Kalen DeBoer – brings to the University of Alabama is X's and O's. And it's when you think about schematic wise, when you think about Michael Penix, when you think about UW, you know, we featured Warren Moon on today. And when people like Warren Moon come on that just lost his alma mater's head coach and that brags on Kalen the that's all I need to know. You know, for people like that to tell me that he's one of the sharpest minds in all of college football, he checks a lot of boxes. Uh, only time will tell if he'll be successful or not. So I guess well, I have so many questions. I saw Jalen Milrow is already there, so and we know he's going back, so I would assume that he's probably going to be the starting quarterback. But this is going to be a new offense, right, with Kalen DeBoer. So what ends up happening with Tommy Reese? Do you think Kalen DeBoer brings his staff in? You know, I know that there's some Washington fans that were hoping that maybe, like, the OC Ryan Grubb could get the head coaching gig there. He's been really good. But uh, what do you think ends up happening there? You know, does he bring in a whole new staff? Because like you said, the fans obviously in shock. I didn't think Saban was going anywhere for the next couple of years. And now, um, you know, everything's kind of going to change. So how does that play out now with the coaching staff? Yeah, I mean, look at Tommy Reese. I'm a a Tommy Reese fan, but I think a lot of the coaches are out in UW that are in a holding pattern. And I think there's probably a lot of coaches in Tuscaloosa that are in a holding pattern, right? When you think about... You know, what's their next move? Do Does, does Caitlin DeBoer want to bring those coaches? Uh, Ron Grubb, and, and just kind of connect the dots a little bit, you, you may or may not know this, but he was Nick Saban's number one choice last year for an offensive coordinator role. 
Um, and so Ron Grubb almost came to Tuscaloosa last year. How how unique would that have been if he would have already been established? And then, you know, but who knows? I mean, they may have went on to win a national title, and, and you may have not lost a Nick Saban. So when you think about Ron Grubb, I think if Alabama could get him, <laughs> you might see like a, you know, a double uh, excitement level coming out. But you almost trust – you know, with what he's going to be able to do creative, the X's and O's, the schematic-wise, would Tommy Reese fit that? I don't know. I, I'm not a – listen, I'm a media guy. I understand football, but nothing to the level of the X's and O's. I don't know if these guys match up schematic-wise. Do they match up offensive philosophy? At times, Tommy Reese struggled as an offensive coordinator especially in the early part of the season. I like Tommy. This offensive line was a disaster. Uh, if you look at protecting the quarterback, some of that was on him, but they ranked 129th in the country in protecting the quarterback. University of Washington, I think, was seventh in protecting the quarterback. Most, I mean, the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. So when you think about it, when he tries to evaluate how much of that is on Tommy Reese and how much of that is on the quarterback, and how much of that is on the offensive line. And then, you know, if you're Jalen Milrow, yeah, it's a good piece to build around. But when you think about the University of Washington offense, does he fit with what they're trying to do? That's only, you know, a spring football that we're going to be able to – because it's going to be about timing patterns. And the things that I see that Jalen Milrow has struggled with are things now that he's going to be asked to do. And he's going to be able to ask to do it at a high level. But let's all go back to Michael Penix at Indiana. Go back and look at his stats yeah. mm-hmm. before transfer. They were not very good. So is he able to look at Jalen Milrow and say, you know what, I can clean some of those things up uh, as I'm now passing by Bryant Denny Stadium uh, that is lit up right now in crimson, uh, welcoming the brand new coach at the University of Alabama. And this is this is pretty fun times. If you know, as good as you could probably, you know, possibly expect as I'm driving through Tuscaloosa, they've got the laser lights showing. And, you know, this is a, this is a different animal here. It's, uh, it's the epicenter of college football, as it should be. Ryan, you mentioned something that was at the top of my mind, actually, that if Ryan Grubb was at in Tuscaloosa and they won a national title, then there's a possibility that Nick Saban doesn't retire. But the fact of the matter is it feels like that would be a great spot or a great time for him to go out on top. And Nick Saban talked about the fact that this season wore him down trying to get from the one loss to Texas to trying to get back to the national title. Like how much extra effort did that take and how much did that grind him down because you mentioned if he wins a title, he probably sticks around. No, I think it's a great point. Um, you know, when you think about Nick Saban this season, he even admitted, and, and really it's some of the first words that I've ever heard. I mean, I've covered him. I've been in Tuscaloosa Radio since 2000. Uh, when when you look back, and I mean, I watched Mike DeBose get fired here uh, in, in Tuscaloosa. So when you think about Coach Fran, Coach Shula, and I've covered all 17 years of, in, of Nick Saban's tenure. I've never heard him say I'm tired. I've never heard him say some of the things that he said with Reese Davis. And he talked about the grind. It talked about being, you know, at the age of 72, it, it, I don't bounce back. I try to go home and get rest. I think this season was a grind for him. And I think he talked about spending so much time on the defensive side of the football. 
early on they struggled, and I think there's still going to be some things that we unpack about what was it that added so much stress. And the other part of this is the new calendar with college athletics. And I think this should be a wake-up call. One of the hardest workers, the guy when I drive by the football building in June at 10 o'clock at night, he's still in there. This guy's not afraid of work. He's a lunch pail, you know, blue-collar type mentality. And when he says he's he's tired, I don't think that is all to do with his age. I think it's what the administrators in college athletics have done to these high, these, these these coaches to be able to put this calendar and just think next year it will become even more hectic, right? It will become even more chaotic when you think about trying to work out all these different things around you know recruiting, adding the extra playoff games. You know, at this point next season, we will still be, what, eight, nine days away from a national title game? I think it'll be played on the 20th. Let, let that sink in when when you begin to, to, to kind of, you know, think about it. It's um, there's, a, there's a lot of things to discuss uh, when you think about this calendar and what we've done to college coaches. Nick Saban no longer being involved from a coaching standpoint is not a good thing for college football. I hope. Some of these administrators are looking, going, what can we do to fix this problem that we've created? Yeah, Ryan, there's no question. I mean, the college football landscape has continued to evolve and just get more and more complicated. Uh, Nick Saban did an interview with ESPN after the retirement and talked about how, you know, it was more difficult for some players than others when he talked to them about his retirement. And Caleb Downs was one of the names that he brought up. And, you know, just some of these younger guys and what that process was like. Any idea in terms of where guys may go if they're considering transferring at this point? Caleb Downs is certainly one name to to throw around in there because, yeah, obviously when this happens, players come to play for Nick Saban at Alabama. That's now not the case anymore. Yeah, and I think you're already seeing that, um, right? Jake Pope has, has put his name in. Isaiah Bond has put his name in. But I think they, the players – see, that's the part of the calendar that's so messed up. When you look at the transfer portal, because I can't blame those players because classes started here just a couple of days ago. And if they're going to transfer out, because now we know this 30-day window has now opened up as Nick Saban officially steps down and Kendall DeBoer comes in, and it'll happen at UW, it'll happen here, and wherever the coach that leaves, wherever he's at, it'll open up as he departs and goes to you know University of Washington unless they hire him internally. And you can't blame these players. Because they've got a decision to make. And, and really, they have limited time because the semester, even though the calendar opens up, you know, like for Michigan and Washington, it was opened up later than it was for Alabama and Texas. But I also back up and you begin to think about, well, okay, you, we have to understand that these semesters are not going to wait. The academic side is not going to say, well, guys, we're going to wait to college footballs get done. Uh, those are decisions that they have to make in, in, a, in a matter of just a couple of seconds. So when you think about the calendar, the academic calendar, not the athletic calendar, what else are they supposed to do? So you, you almost have to, you, you were like, we've done this. Even though we, you know, we'll throw things at athletes and say, you know, it, it, they shouldn't have done this. They have no other choice. If they're truly considering a transfer and why not? Uh, when, when you look at new coaches coming in, 
this is something we've done to create this chaotic environment. It, it's frustrating for me as a media member. I can't even keep up with some of this stuff in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. I, I can't imagine what the coaches having to re-recruit their players, which is a new catchword in college football, re-recruit your entire roster. I love the Kalen DeBoer hire, and I feel like, uh, you know, like a lot of people do because Alabama, they still have, right now, as I look, the second best odds to win the national championship right behind Georgia, and they'll obviously see Georgia. Uh, that line's moved a little bit game of the year. Alabama will be a two and a half point underdog. But you know the team, and you know that there's obviously going to be some change. Like you said, some guys decommitting, some guys that might leave the program. Do expectations change for you? You know, you covered the team or for the fan base? Because I could see even if Kalen DeBoer goes 10 and 2. Um, people aren't going to be very happy. But we also have the expanded playoff, we have to remember. So do expectations change now for you with Saban calling it quits just 24 hours ago? Well, we've watched him go three years without winning a national title. I know that sounds like an eternity for Alabama fans, (laughs) three years of not winning a national title. But I think it needed to change if Nick Saban would have stayed here because I think it's a new college football. I think it's going to become harder to win a national title. Go look at the schedule for Alabama next year. When you look at I, and, and maybe you guys can tell me what the win total is uh, out in, you know, the, the, the Vegas. We call them the experts in the desert. But I'd love to know what, you know, that win total is because they've got Georgia here. They've got Wisconsin on the road. They've got Oklahoma on the road. They've got LSU on the road. They've got the Missouri Tigers here. They've got Tennessee on the road. I mean, go tell me another team that's got the schedule that Alabama's got, and then you're adding – it's just, I think this the expectation needed to change if Nick Saban would stay here. You know so what? I'm going to say. Oh, I was going to say. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ryan. I was going to say oh, every God. year, every year it's ten and a half, regardless of what the team looks like. Because I didn't think they were going to be that great last year. It's nine and a half, yeah, and it's I actually minus one twenty two to the under, which is kind of surprising, man. Wow. Give me the I over, you, man. Well. <laughs> and and can I, can I watch a little spring football before? Because it it just. Yeah. It almost needs to change because we're not going to see programs like Georgia and like Alabama do what they've been able to do. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just don't think we're going to see it. I mean, I think the, the the where the transfer portal has hurt some of these programs is the depth standpoint, right? I mean, look at it. When you begin to look at the the depth standpoint, it, it that's where it had the biggest impact is the is the depth. Uh, when I, when I back up and I begin to kind of look at it and begin to examine that's one of those that uh, you know you, you you think about the future of college athletics now you could also argue that this may be good for some of those fan bases who did not feel like that they had a role in the current game of college football right you're going to engage you know now three times as many fans as you did with the 14 playoffs so you're going to have 12 teams that are going to say hey we had success we made it in the playoffs but I still think you're going to see some some new blood there. Uh, yeah, you're going to see Alabama. You're going to see Georgia. You're going to see uh, the, the schools that spend so much money and resources. But I think you're going to see some new teams there. And I think once we get there, yeah. you're going to see injuries impact mm-hmm. and have a bigger impact on the world of college athletics. Yeah, it's just crazy to think. I mean, where there's so much evolution in college football, we will no longer see Nick Saban on the sidelines. Ryan Fowler, live from Tuscaloosa. I know you've had a massively long day. Really appreciate you giving us the time and coming on today. You are more than welcome. Anytime I can help, I'm sorry I'm a couple hours late. Have a great evening. Thank you. All right, Ryan's the best. It's Bet MGM tonight. 
The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.